Welcome to the Lake Point Church Weekend Messages Podcast. Thanks for joining us to hear the latest sermons happening at our church. We pray that God speaks to you in a timely way through this message. And if you're encouraged by this podcast, be sure to rate, review, and share it to help get the word out. You can find more digital content to feed your faith and our other podcasts by visiting lakepoint.church/digital. Now, let's tune into the message for today. Hey, come on, Lake Point Church. Who's excited to be in church this morning, 4th of July weekend? Man, what a pleasure to be here with uh, Lake Point family. And we wanna welcome all of our campuses today and our online family as well. And I gotta tell you, there is not another place that I would love to be on this Sunday except here with you. So I bring you love from Salt Lake City, Utah, from our church family there. And uh, on a personal note, I do wanna say this, uh, the missions team that's getting ready to head out to Mana Church, uh, we just had one of your teams uh, last week with us in Salt Lake City, uh, helping with our kids camp and some various things. And uh, what was really special about this moment, and I just gotta tell you how important these teams are and brag on your church and brag on your leadership team, brag on your senior pastor, is that uh, last week, week and a half ago, I lost my younger brother in a motorcycle accident. And on the heels of that, your team came in and helped take care of our church in a moment where my family had to focus on our uh, close and extended family as well. So I just wanna say thank you for your faithfulness, your giving, your generosity, and being the type of people that love to see the gospel go beyond the four walls of this community right here, all the way to Salt Lake City, Utah, and the community there. So thank you so much, we love you guys, and so appreciative of you. Well, I wanna jump into, uh, into my message today. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through six is uh, where I wanna focus our attention today. Uh, I wanna dig in and, and look at some things that uh, maybe you've seen before, and for some of you who may be here for the first time today, uh, you've never seen before, never heard about before. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three through to six, and this is Paul the apostle writing, and he says, for although we live in the flesh, we do not wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments in every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. And we are ready to punish any disobedience once your obedience is complete. Today, I wanna speak to you from the subject strongholds and storage units. Strongholds and storage units as we look, and look at and deal with overcoming the darkness that we often face in our mind and in our thinking. Will you pray with me just one more time today? Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's alive, it's active, it's powerful, and that it has the ability to transform us from the inside out. So God, today underneath the counsel of your word, I pray that you would enlighten us, I pray that you would change us, I pray that you would transform us I pray that you would encourage us and bring hope where there's lack of hope, bring wholeness where there's brokenness, God. We thank you for your word. It's your word that brings truth to our lives and we know that by way of your truth it sets us free and your word says that who the Son sets free is free indeed. And so we thank you for freedom found in your grace today. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, and the church shouted. Amen. Um, I gotta be honest with you, I hate moving. Come on, anybody with me? Come on, I gotta see some hands, I got some witnesses. Yeah, okay, there's lots of you that actually hate moving, perfect. Um, 
I hate moving, I know that it's necessary, and obviously you can find some sort of joy in it when you're moving into a new house, but even more so, I hate helping others move, come on. You know what I'm talking about, like you'll put up with it for you, but then somebody else asks you like, hey bro, can you help me move, and you're like, I, I got this thing um, going on. Uh, there's a quote by Jack Handy, if you ever watched Saturday Night Live back in the day, and he says, you know, I think it's important that whenever you're walking around, you should always hold two sacks. That way, if somebody asks you to help you help do something, you say, hey man, I can't, I got these two sacks. I always thought that was an important thing. So if you ever need some help, you can get out of it. Just carry two bags at all times. But I hate helping people move. But if, if I were to double down on it even more, I hate it when someone asks me not just to move their house, but to help them move their storage unit. Because you know that that person did not organize it the way that you would have. And so, a little while ago, I had a friend of mine who asked me, hey, you know, can you help me move? I got some stuff in the storage unit. And everything inside of me, the red flags went up. I was like, no. And then the pastor came out in me, and I'm like, all right, I guess I'll help you in the, for the love of Jesus. And so, so we went to a storage unit. And I don't know if you've ever showed up on scene at somebody's storage unit, but they, they open the door, and as it's, as it's opening, they make the quick move to try to get underneath the door to make sure to hold back the flood of junk that's about to fall out. And that's what happened in this moment. He rolled up his door, and, and everything kind of starts piling out, and, and then he starts with all the qualifiers. Like, no, I, I was in a rush. I had, to, I had to, you know, pack it in and everything like that. Yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh, sure. Can you get what you need to get? And have you ever noticed when people need to go to their storage unit, they don't get what's out front, They've gotta to go to the middle to get the very thing that, that they need. They have to move stuff around, and so you're there for an hour and a half trying to get to the very middle of the storage unit. I just need you to know this morning, like if you need to get to know Jason Parrish, I hate storage units, I, help, I hate helping people move. But I remember as I was standing at the front of this storage unit watching stuff pile out, watching my friend try to get to the middle of the storage unit to get what he wanted, I remember in that moment I, I found myself thinking this truth right here, the storage unit is a lot like our minds. We have a tendency to pack it full of all kinds of things. Honestly, things that aren't necessary, things that don't benefit us, things that don't bring us hope and, and, and truth and, and, and purpose. And many times, if we're honest, for many of us, we're trying to find the one or two things that we've allowed God to put in there in the middle of all the other junk that is in there. If you're like me, it tends to not be very organized at times. And, and if you can think back even on 2020, if, I, if I'm honest, like a little therapy moment in church today, my mind was full of all kinds of stuff. Thoughts and ideas and, and, and feelings and emotions that I didn't quite understand and I didn't quite like. The driving thought behind Paul's teaching right here in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses three to six, is that there are gonna be things that try to occupy our minds. They're gonna be things that try to set up camp in our minds that if not regulated can create a stronghold. So therefore, Paul says, we gotta take our thoughts captive in order to destroy arguments and the things that try to rise up against the knowledge of God. So what's a stronghold? I'm glad you asked, I wanna tell you this morning. <laughs> the Old Testament is specific when it talks about strongholds. It was a well-fortified military structure 
According to the International Standard Bible Encyclopedia, a stronghold was an inner fort which held a garrison and a commander and was provisioned with all kinds of different things. It was a strong camp, a place where strength and, and fortification and resource was at so it could hold the line, it could hold the ground. And I wanna submit to us today that many of us have things in our minds that have become a stronghold, that they actually have a commander and some, some stuff inside that stronghold that's keeping it strong. And so when God tries to put something else in, the stronghold pushes it back. We have these strongholds that we have to deal with. So a stronghold, personally, in my mind, if I can give you a little, a little insight to my inner world, it's a thought that, that limits. Maybe it sounds like this, I'm no good. And it sounds simple at first. And it sounds minimal at first. But how many of you know if you allow that thing to take root, if you allow that thing to kinda settle camp and build a fire and put a tent up, soon I'm no good limits me in every aspect of my life. Soon I believe that, that nothing that I do is good and nothing that I say is good. And, and then all of a sudden I build an inner framework and I start to decide that I am simply no good when the Bible tells me contrary. It's a doubt that destroys. Sounds like this, God can't. You ever thought that before? God can't do that. I just got the report from the doctor. God, God can't heal that. God can't rescue me from this. God can't bring my, my lost son or my, my lost daughter back. These are strongholds that start to form in our mind, it's a belief that contradicts. Maybe it's philosophies and systems and beliefs of the world that says, well, it's this way, and God says, well, it's this way, and I'm stuck in this place where all of a sudden it's becoming a stronghold because I'm believing that the idea or the philosophy is greater than God's truth. Strongholds. And I just wanna push a little bit today and, and, let us say, and, and say this, that many of us have them, and maybe sometimes we don't even know that we have them. And so we've gotta deal with these strongholds. No matter where you're at in the journey of faith today, whether this is your first time ever darkening the doors of a church, whether you are seeking and not sure you're kicking the tires on faith, or you would call yourself a follower of Jesus, we all tend to minimize the significance of the battle that is taking place in our minds. Over the past few years, we've We've become more aware and more informed as the, as the clinical realities of our minds have played out, the care that's needed at times. But for many of us, we've not taken a look at strongholds. And so please understand today, I'm not minimizing some of those situations and, and issues that we face. I know they're very real and they're very prevalent and we've gotta deal with that. But I wanna look at a different side today. I wanna look at the reality that some of us have allowed these thoughts to, to take root, that we've, we've allowed this storage unit, if you will, to become full of all kinds of stuff that's not necessary, not needed, and shouldn't be there. One author defined a stronghold as this. A spiritual stronghold is a mindset, listen to these words, impregnated with hopelessness, which causes us to accept as unchangeable situations we know are contrary to the will of God. I think we can simplify it even more by saying this. A stronghold is anywhere we do not allow God to take up residence within our lives. See, we know that Paul was dealing specifically with the mind in reference to strongholds because of his 
descriptive use of words like knowledge and his pointed conversation about taking thoughts captive. And, and we'll explain this languaging a little bit more as we dig into some practical truths that we're gonna get into. But the mind has a very important place within the truth of scripture. Our mind's important. The way we think is important. Paul in his letters would often deal with the mind and the way that we think. And it was more than just happy thoughts. Can we just say that this is not a Tony Robbins seminar this morning. My hope and my goal is not to get you just to think happy thoughts. <laughs> Don't we do that? We, like, we try to like, if I just think happy thoughts, happy thoughts, happy thoughts. How many of you know happy thoughts come in quick and go quick? Happy thoughts go away when you're stuck in traffic. They're replaced with murderous thoughts, <laughs> let's be honest, right? Happy thoughts go away the minute your children are up at 7 a.m. wanting everything that they want, Fruit Loops, Pop-Tarts, cookies. Or at least that's my household. <laughs> Happy thoughts, they're fleeting. So the Bible's not trying to get us to just think happy thoughts. The Bible is trying to help us. God's word is trying to help us. God himself is trying to help us build a strong mind, not just a happy one. And I would submit to us today that a happy mind is actually the product of a strong mind, and a strong mind is a mind which finds its foundation upon Christ. So the question is, how do we guard against strongholds being formed in our lives and making sure the storage unit of our mind is clean, healthy, and strong. And so today I wanna give us three truths that I believe are vital to the development of a strong mind. Y'all ready this morning? All right, here's the first truth I wanna throw at you. Number one, we have to choose to make a choice. We have to choose to make a choice. So the truth that we need to grab a hold of is that there's a choice before the choice. I've gotta choose every day that I'm going to choose God. I've gotta choose every day that when I walk out of the door, this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice in it. Every single day is new. Every single moment is new. So I've gotta decide when I wake up, I'm going to choose to choose in every moment. Habakkuk chapter, chapter three, verses 16, or yeah, 16 through to 19. I want you to listen to these words. It's a beautiful scripture. And it says this, I heard and I trembled within. My lips quivered at the sound, rottenness entered my bones, I trembled where I stood, now I must quietly wait for the day of distress to come against the people invading us. And though the fig tree does not bud and there is no fruit on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, and, and though the flocks disappear with, with the pen and, and there are no herds in the stalls. So this is, this is the writer saying this, to put it in modern day vernacular, and although the economy is not what I want it to be, and, and I lost my job, and things aren't going well, and our pets' heads are falling off, like, <laughs> some of you will get that, others maybe not. Don't judge me. <laughs> That's what the writer's saying. He's saying, although all these things are happening, and it's not going the way that I want it to, listen to verse 18, yet, Oh, come on, church, this morning. Yet, yet I will celebrate in the Lord. I will rejoice in the God of my salvation. The Lord, my Lord, is my strength. He makes my feet like those of a deer and enables me to walk on mountain heights. Man, what a verse. Yet, some of us today need to get our yet in place. 
Some of us need to walk out of these doors today, get off online today and with, with our yet in place. Yet, no matter what it looks like, no matter what's going on around me, no matter what's trying to enter into my head, yet I will rejoice. Yet I will choose God. Yet I will focus on him. Yet. What a powerful word. We have to choose to think about what we think about. We have to choose to put Jesus at the center of our thought process. Now, does that mean that I'm thinking about Jesus all the time? No. I mean, that would be a grand goal, but that's not what he's saying. It's just simply saying, when I have Jesus at the center of my thought process, when I have the, Jesus as the, the strength and the foundation of this mind, this space up here, this storage unit right here, when he is the center of it all, he has a tendency to push out all the other things that don't belong there so that his name is the name that is in the center of all of this. It's daily. So when I have thoughts of fear, I can remember that his word has something to say about it in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. When I have thoughts of, about death, Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 19. When I have thoughts of shame, Exodus chapter 34, five through seven. When I have thoughts of chaos and confusion, 1 Corinthians 14, 33. When I have thoughts of isolation and inadequacy, Romans chapter eight, verses 15 through 17. I just need us to know today that when there is a word that is contrary to God, he has a better word. He has a bigger word. He has a more substantial truth that eradicates all of these other words. And it makes the storage unit organized and clean, pure, holy, and presence-oriented. Right choices are important. Here's the second truth that I wanna, I wanna give us today is that we have to ask for awareness. We have to ask for awareness. And I'm not talking about self-awareness. Come on, how many of you agree with me over the past few years especially, we've become very much self-aware? Everything's self, have you noticed that? It's me, self-care, right? Whether it's a manicure or a pedicure. Guys, I know. We have this idea that everything has to orient around self. I'm actually not suggesting to us today that we need more self-awareness. What we need is more God-awareness. We need to understand what he's doing and how he's operating. Now, I'm gonna read an exhaustive piece of scripture. Can you handle 18 verses this morning? Because these verses right here are so important for us to grab a hold of. And I, wanna, I want you to see this conversation that's taking place in Psalm 139, verses one through 18. And it says this, Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know when I sit down and when I stand up, you understand my thoughts from far away, you observe my travels and my rest. You are aware of all of my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, you know all about it, Lord. Come on, teenagers. Let, let's, let's reverse that into some other language for today. Before a word is on my fingers and I wanna type it on Facebook or throw it out on Twitter or put it on Instagram, you know all about it, Lord. You have encircled me. You've placed your hand on me. This wondrous knowledge, it's beyond me. It is lofty, I'm unable to reach it. Where can I go to escape your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I live at the eastern horizon or settle at the western limits, 
even there your hand will lead me, your right hand will hold on to me. If I say surely the darkness will hide me and the light around me will be night, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night shines like the day, darkness and light are alike to you, for it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I will praise you because I have been remarkably and wondrously made. If you are in here today or online today, I just need you to understand that if you do not believe that you have a purpose, if you do not believe that there is a a design for your life, this piece of scripture right here lets you know there is so much more ahead of you. There is great plans that God has for you, and he intricately wove them together. The Bible tells us that you and I are his workmanship. Come on, somebody. His workmanship. That means he labored over you. You weren't just the product of some cosmic sneeze. Come on, isn't that crazy? You're not just like a little amoeba short and stout tip me over and I pop right out. Like that's not, that's not you. God labored over you and he defined you and he put that weird nose on you and he made your hairline to recede and the back line to follow. He did all those things. Come on, God's good. (laughs) What I'm trying to get us to hear today is that you're important. I'll praise you. My bones were not hidden from you, verse 15. When I was made in secret, when I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me when I was formless. All my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. God, how precious your thoughts are to me, how vast their sum is. And if I counted them, they would outnumber the grains of the sand. And when I wake up, I am still with you. I love this psalm, and here's why. Because David is professing his self-awareness in light of understanding of God around him. David is saying, when I feel like this, you, God, are this. When I think this, when the storage unit is packed full of all kinds of things that don't need to be there, uh, God, you say this. I say this, but you say this. I feel this but you tell me otherwise. David is understanding himself in relationship to God, in relation to God, understanding that he has a more cosmic reality over his life than David's thoughts do. Come on, how many of you agree with me today that we have a tendency to think thoughts that limit us? We have a tendency to get wrapped up in our minds in such ways that stop us from actually expressing who we are as his workmanship. Let's be very careful to define that. I'm not trying to define myself. I'm not trying to express myself. I am trying to express the beautiful creation that God has made me to be that has an intricate design to it. And so at the end of the day, I've gotta be more aware of who God is. Now I realize that for some of us, this is a process that's a lot more difficult than it is for others. There's all kinds of things going on. I just wanna encourage us today, we gotta fight hard for the storage unit of the mind. We gotta fight hard for this thing. We often ask God for what we want. We seldom ask him to reveal who we are. God, who am I? Who am I in light of your grandness? Who am I in light of your goodness? Who am I in light of your design? John chapter 15 tells us that he, Jesus, is the vine and we are 
the branches. Have you ever noticed they give us, they give us the weirdest illustrations of the Bible to tell us who we are? Like you can walk out of church and courage say, hey, what'd you learn? I'm a branch, I'm a sheep, I'm clay. That's what the Bible tells us, just so you know. <laughs> See, as a branch being connected to the vine, I don't have to do anything to be who I already am. God is sourcing me through his power and his ability and who he is. And when I understand who I am in relationship to him, a branch connected to the vine, that is where I get everything that I need for the life that God has called me to live. This is awareness, knowing who I am in relation and relationship to Christ. And here's the last truth I wanna give us today. We have to remove by renewing. We'll say that one more time. We have to remove by renewing. Romans chapter 12, verses one to two. Very popular piece of scripture. Many of you have heard, heard this before. One of my favorites. It says this, therefore, brothers and sisters, so we know that means all of us in here and online today, in view of the mercies of God, so there's that language right there, in view of God, not in view of you and I, but in view of God. I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. And I love this verse too. Do not be conformed to this age. Oh, come on, somebody. In this world right now, trying to get us to conform, bend and, and shape shift and work our way in and square peg, round hole, I just need us to understand that we weren't meant to conform, we're a branch. We already have our identity. That's the beautiful thing. This world will not offer any of us an identity better than the one that we have in Christ. This world will not give us a perspective or an idea or a, or a personality or an identity that's better than the already given one, the already established one, the workmanship of God. But be transformed, here it is. Be transformed. Come on, everybody shout, transformed. Come on, everybody shout, transformed. Be transformed, here it is, by the renewing of your mind. And here's what happens when the storage unit has less stuff in it. Here's what happens when there's renewing of the mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect, oh, that's beautiful, will of God. I wanna show us something today that I think is important. Many of us have boxes in our storage unit. They're not the best boxes. Boxes from the past. I have one in my head, it constantly comes up. Uh, you can ask my mom this, you can call her, I'll give you her number. <laughs> you can ask her to validate this truth, but on a report card that's sitting in a box in a storage unit, <laughs> says that Jason Parrish in kindergarten failed skipping. I didn't even know they judged you on skipping. But apparently it's a thing. Just fail me at PE, I don't care. And if I were to try to skip for you right now, the truth is I would fall over. <laughs> but I can be honest with you, it's a thought. It stays there. And it's not the skipping issue, it's the failing issue. And if I'm honest with you, there's been many moments across my life and even recently that I said, I'm a failure. 
No, there's other things. Jason, you're not smart enough to pastor a church one day. It was said into the storage unit. And over the years as a kid and as a teenager and as a young adult and as a college student and as a young couple and through the journey of life and faith, all kinds of things have been added to the storage unit. Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? They've been placed in there and it got fuller and fuller and fuller. And all of a sudden I realized the storage unit's full. Oh, don't get me wrong, there's some good God stuff in there. But it's buried in there at times. How many of you know what I'm talking about? And it was after this whole storage incident that I read the scripture again. The renewing of my mind. And I just need us to understand, the renewing of my mind is not about thinking happy thoughts. That's what we try to do. We try to say, well, I'm gonna try to turn that thought, Jason failed skipping, he's a failure, into a happy thought. Jason didn't fail skipping, that's not truth. I failed skipping. So I'm not trying to change the thought. That's not what he says. He doesn't say get rid of those thoughts, change the thoughts. He says renew your mind. And I just wanna show you that by the power of God's grace and his presence and his word, the renewing of the mind looks very different. All of a sudden, he's not just giving happy thoughts. He's moving everything out. And what we have is a clean mind, a clear storage unit one that has been beautifully redeemed by the presence and the goodness and the power of God's truth. And occasionally things, they're gonna come in, but I just need us to see what happens when a storage unit has his word in it. Oh, come on, church. There's not much that can get in there, and it's not gonna get buried in there. And when my mind is full of that stuff right there, oh, come on, teenagers, when our mind is full of that stuff right there, young adults and college students and married couples and anybody and everybody in between, when my storage unit is full of God's truth and his word, all of a sudden the trajectory changes. I don't need happy thoughts. I have a mind that is founded upon the goodness and the power and the beauty of God, and it's in that place that I stand up shoulders high in the world and the culture that I'm in knowing that God is good and he's sufficient for me. Oh, come on, he's a good God. He's a beautiful savior. He's the one that died for you and me. Strongholds and storage units. I pray today that in and through this truth, you and I can walk out of here freer than we came in, knowing that he who is for me is greater than he who is against me. And that nothing that's being thrown at us has the ability to overcome the truth and the power of God's word. Jesus, we thank you for your word today. We thank you right now for your presence that is so apparent in this room. And God, I ask you today that as we walk away from this moment, as we sign off online, that you would sear this word upon our hearts and our minds, that it would be the thing that occupies the storage unit, our mind, 
and that our mind would constantly and consistently be placed upon you. We pray all these things in the name that is above every name, the name to which every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Jesus, we love you, we worship you, and we honor you. We pray all these things in your name. Amen and amen. We love you, Lake Point Church. Thank you. Thanks for listening today. For more biblical teaching and worship, join us for our church online live weekend services on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and Sundays at 9.30 and 11 a.m. Central Standard Time. For more information about all the digital ministries of Lake Point, visit lakepoint.church/digital. Thank you.